morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to episode number seven of Watch Your Angles, the podcast purely for magicians. And we go again. This episode is titled Losing My Religion Because I Feel Like I've Lost My Fucking Religion. Now, <laughs> I've chosen to record this at 3.30 on a Friday. Why have I done that? Well, if you're a gigging magician, particularly in Ireland, this is normally the time when we would be kicking off at like a wedding reception. Or maybe, you know, if your corporate event started at 3.30, but most wedding receptions started about 3.30. And um, obviously this week and for the foreseeable weeks and the weeks preceding this, all events have been cancelled because of what's going on in the world. Now, don't worry, this isn't going to be one of those doom and gloom podcasts where I just dwell on the fact that, that we're all kind of up shit's creek. Instead, let's have a little chat about it. Let's figure a few things out and look to the future and uh, and maybe just talk about some things that I've been doing in this, uh, in this time in, in quarantine. So, let's kick off episode number seven. So, first things first. How are all my magician friends doing? Are you guys surviving? Are you... Are you missing gigging as much as I'm missing? For sure you are, right? Like I said, like this would normally be the time where we've lashed out to a fucking wedding in County Mead or something like that, and we're about to rock rock our set in a castle somewhere somewhere in Ireland. Enough gimmicks and electronics in our pockets to blow up a small building and uh, blow a load of people away, get the day started. and uh, And it's all been taken away from us, which is very sad, but obviously we all... We all know why that is. And it begs the question, like, where will this leave us in the future? Our government is saying that things like pubs and events can kind of kick back off in August, which is fantastic, and it's nice to have a date. But you'd wonder, will people... That doesn't automatically mean that, oh, all events are back on for August, and we're all back in the money, lads. Woohoo! It's been a while. But, yeah, it begs the question... How long will it actually be before people start holding larger events? Because that's where we make our bread and butter, right? At the corporate events, at the um, at the weddings, at the parties and stuff like that. Now, I, I mentioned in a podcast previously that it hits home, all this infection stuff, because I, I caught meningitis from a gig once, from doing a gig for a really big accountancy company here in Ireland. And uh, I got viral meningitis from it. And after that, it always hit home to always just wash your hands, you know, and keep keep the L sanitizer handy in the back pocket in case you shake hands with some disease-looking motherfucker at a gig, and you're like, well, I'm going to go wash my hands straight away because <laughs> I don't want whatever the fuck this guy's got. But now that we're moving on and we're really seeing the amount of hygiene and stuff that's going to take place, it makes you wonder, like, will people even be able to select a playing card in the future? Because we've been holding them, we've been shuffling them, they've been in our hands. Can we do card to mouth? Can we do... No one's doing French kiss by Wayne Houghton anymore. I know that, the most overdone trick, and I'm guilty of it myself. The most overdone trick um, of all time. But it's worth it because it's fantastic. Will people be able to touch our props? Will we be able to shake hands with people? When you really break it down, there are so many effects that require them to do something and to pass it back to, to you. Whether you're a mentalist and you're um, having them write down the name of a loved one, whether you're having a card selected, maybe a coin checked, there's all this touching going backwards and forwards. So it makes you wonder how we're going to achieve this. Maybe we all should be practicing 
sleight of hand now in latex gloves and kind of face masks and stuff like that. There's an idea. There could be a reveal inside your face mask. Was your card the seven of diamonds? You removed the face mask. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Just an idea. I think the one benefit we have now is time. We have time to think, to plan things out, and to figure out how we're going to be able to adapt to these things in the future. Maybe we do have to wear latex gloves for events. Maybe we do have to cover our mouths and potentially speak less in our act or be further away from people and just rely on things that like propolis mentalism or self-working tricks and stuff like that. Maybe that's the future. We have we have no idea, but I'm fairly sure there's so many intelligent people out there helping out with this that we're going to find a way to, to get to do our magic again. In a way, I imagine it's actually sparking a load of positive creativity with some of the best magicians in the world. And right now they're sitting in their kind of bat caves and they're coming up with ideas that we're going to be able to all get and do as soon as we come out of this mad quarantine world. I saw myself watching um, a penguin lecture by a magician called Henry Evans, who I'm fairly sure is Argentinian. And he, the lecture was filmed, I can't remember what year, but I've had it sitting in my penguin account for a long time. But I've just been revisiting a lot of old stuff because I have so much time. And he opens with this fantastic effect, right? He gets a, a young kid to come up and he has, you know, like we'd say a sandwich bag or just a see-through, completely see-through bag. And he says, just so there's no sleight of hand happening, I'm going to put my hand inside this bag. And I'm going to ask you, young man, to tie it off at the wrist so nothing can get in or out of my hand. And you can see my hand at all times which is great. So he's just kind of isolated his his hand from the wrist down. He removes the red silk from his pocket, and in the blink of an eye, he throws the red silk up in the air, it vanishes, and reappears in his other hand, which is sealed inside the, the bag. And you see it visually appear, this lovely red moment, of this handkerchief appearing. And it's really, really brilliant. The, the method is quite simple in nature, but it's really brilliant. And it just got me thinking and go, wow, that's, that's kind of it. You could definitely play that up with some, well, I can't touch you. So I better, you know, isolate my hand and keep it hygienically safe. But can anything get inside that hand when it's sealed off? And boom, you can do this move. So stuff like that. It's when you look at these things through the vein of hygiene sounds, in a funny way, hygiene sounds like a dirty word for us, right? Because we, I, I imagine we all pride ourselves on being hygienic. But I think you know what I mean in this idea of isolation, keeping things germ-free, stuff like that is so interesting to me. And if clever magicians like that are coming up with ideas like that before all of this has even happened, it just makes you wonder how clever the stuff they're gonna come up with is. So it's very exciting in that regard, right? I'm also getting images of like, people selecting cards with like kitchen tongs <laughs> do you know what I mean I know you can't I know you can't remove the card with your hand madam but here's a set of tongs and you can just remove a card like that I'm sure there's inbuilt jokes there if you want to go down that road you could have them sign it and I I don't know but I have a feeling we're gonna have to kind of adapt a lot of stuff but it's really fun to think about I know we could sit here and kind of complain and go I miss my gigs we all know we miss our gigs but if we look to the positive side of things now is a really good time to get creative and start coming up with things that will work so that as soon as we come out of this, you are locked and loaded and you are ready to rock with like a brand new act 
that uh, is completely hygiene friendly and 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 quarant- and kind of post quarantine life friendly as well if that makes any sense now i'm sure a lot of you are in the same boat as me and maybe you've been doing online shows so a lot of my corporate clients have been coming to me with small corporate teams going well we were going to do this but can you do something online? So it brought me down the road of coming up with an act that can all work virtually online. Now, it's not the easiest thing in the world because let's face it, you're not gonna sit there and just do ambitious card online. There has to be some level of interaction, right? They have to make choices, they have to control things. They can't just watch you heal and seal a fucking soda can like because anything could be set up. So it sent me down this path, uh, like I would do a lot of mentalism normally at gigs particularly on stage i mainly just do pure mentalism on stage acts so i had a lot of stuff that i can adapt and and try now some stuff hasn't worked as well as i thought and some stuff has worked really really well and it's been a really interesting journey finding that balance because you know maybe as a magician you felt this before that you think you have the best the best trick ever maybe you think your any card at any number that you do is just going to blow people out of the water and then you do it and people are kind of they're not even phase. They're just like, well, that that's cool. <laughs> so it's been fun finding the balance between what's really impressive online and and kind of what doesn't play that well. By the way, any card at any number plays very, 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 very well. If you can get your hands on one that works for you and that suits you, I won't tell you which one I use, but there are there's because there's such a valuable amount of resources out there. And if you can find one, it works really, really well. Another one that I found working really well, I shouldn't even be saying these things because now everyone's going to do them, but fuck it, we're here to, to help each other, right? Is Bank Night. So Bank Nights work really, really well on Zoom, I found. I found uh, You can have a multitude of different ways of doing Bank Night, but just imagine that you have like five multicolored envelopes. You can now interact with five people on your Zoom call and have them play this game where they may win money or they may not. I've played with a few different presentations of that over some of the different shows that I've done. And of course, it's going to be down to the individual which one works. But yeah, Bank Night and Any Card at Any Number are two that have worked well. Now, I have a full act, but like, there's no point me telling you my act because the stuff that I do would be quite different to yours. Another recommendation that I can make is because it's something that I was thinking, right, as a mentalist now, these people have seen you before. The first thing they're going to ask you is, can you read my mind over Zoom? Now, as we all know, that's quite a difficult task. And we also don't want to set up this challenge mentality. Because if we're in person, we know that we can we can do whatever we basically whatever the fuck we want when we're in person. But online, because of our restrictions of what we can do, it's it's important to not get into that challenge mentality. So like even in my ad script that I send the client, I don't even mention mind reading, I just mention influence. Can I influence the choices? And then I have some backup stuff that if someone wants their mind read that I can do a version of things that I would normally do in person. So a really good example of that is something that we spoke about on the episode with Paul Brook. I think it was the last episode. Feed on Bilek has a fantastic, propless, very, very simple drawing, the kind of drawing duplication or drawing revelation called Proteus. Now, if you can get your hands on that, and you can perform it well, you may just have an absolute miracle on your hands, like at your fingertips that don't require them to do anything, to write anything down. And 
you'll be able to do a drawing duplication over Zoom, which is brilliant. Now, if you're not into the propless mentalism, but you're still looking for a way to do this, hopefully I'm saving you guys because when I had to come up with the act, I was like, I better get some research done here about different methods and what's out there for me to try because, you know, we're trying to keep the wolf from the door here, keep the clients happy. And you want to deliver a great show. So when all of this is over, they're going to bring you in for their actual proper, <laughs> proper event, right? But back to it. So another, it's not as clean and cool as Proteus, but it certainly gives you a lot more options. And if you, if you have it, you'll know what I mean. It's an effect called IDD by an English mentalist, a fantastic guy called Chris Rawlins. Now, Chris tips this in his lecture, his at the table live lecture, which you can acquire. I do believe it might be kind of a standalone product as well, but it offers you a lot of choices. So if you're in the process now, maybe you're in one of these countries that's like everything's locked down till August and you know you're going to have to do a, like some Zoom shows at some stage. It's a good piece of information to keep in your back pocket. It's something that you can, I don't know if he sells it individually, but you can certainly make it up yourself. I haven't done it because I do Proteus, but it's a, it's a really clever way to do a drawing duplication online. So there's just a couple of things that can maybe get your, you know, kind of wet your whistle just a little bit about the things that can be done. I promise you, when you start going down the road of things that can be done over Zoom, you'll actually realize there's a lot of fun stuff that you can do uh, and try. Now, I'm always, I'll am always i always be as honest as I can. The first Zoom show that I did, it was very strange. It was for a, a community of people uh, in, the, in the Irish fitness industry. So I think it was just for 15 people. Not a big glamorous show. I wish it was, but it was just for 15 people. And it just felt really, really weird. Now, normally when you're on stage, you, well, maybe we're lying to ourselves when we say this, but you feel at least that you you get to be your character, or if you're your if you're if you're your own character, you get to you get to present yourself in a certain way. I hope that this makes sense. But in doing the first Zoom show, I didn't feel like I get to be a performer. I actually just felt like a guy that's just doing tricks, if that makes sense. And that's not a great way to be. Granted, we all we all understand the situation, and when people are watching, they completely get that like magic is meant to be witnessed in person, not over, not on some webcam. But it's something that rocked me from the first show that I was like, ah, oh, I feel like a guy that's just done a handful of really cool tricks online, and they're just sitting there trying to work out how I did each one. They're not caring about the other stuff going, how did he develop these skills? How did he learn this? He must have been doing this for years. I just felt like a guy that knew some cool things. Now, that's obviously my fault for the way that I presented things. Maybe I rushed things and like, but it was just a strange environment and I hadn't set it up. I hadn't qualified the people that were attending and I hadn't set any kind of boundaries or rules. So like there was a couple watching it and I could see they're eating their dinner as they're watching, like eating like something from a bowl and kind of half having a chat while their mic's on mute. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? This is so weird. And other people are like, right, I'm just going off to get a beer from the fridge. I'll be back in a minute. And you're like, this is, this is not, <laughs> it just felt really strange, right? So 
if I can offer any advice to people that might be going down the road of doing a Zoom, is to issue your client with something beforehand to say, look, this is gonna be whatever, a 25 minute act, 35 minute act, whatever your act might be. Please tell anyone attending that you need full, full concentration, that they can't leave, they can't bring people in, they can't be eating their dinner, and just come up with things that, that for you personally that would make you more comfortable doing the show. The next little tip I have is eyeline. So I had never used Zoom before and I did a test show on it and I found my eyes were kind of darting all over the place because you can have the windows or the screens of the attending guests on the, uh, on the top or on the left and my eyes were kind of darting to each one and I didn't feel connected at all. And something that I found works a little bit better is to not look at their individual screens when you're speaking to them. I know this may sound a very simple thing, but when someone's speaking to you, you're naturally gonna look at the screen that they're on, right? So what I've been doing instead is I put a tiny little marked circle, a kind of a colored circle next. If you could see my laptop now, you'd see it's a little kind of a yellow circle right beside my, my camera lens on my MacBook. And that's where I stare during all the routines. That's where I look during all the routines. I don't look left, right. I don't look at the box at the bottom. I don't look at the any of that stuff I, when I'm presenting things. Now, obviously, you're going to have to look at it once or twice when someone's addressing you. That makes sense. But when you're addressing and saying whatever your, whatever your pattern may be for whatever you're about to do and build up, you'll find that it works a lot better and they are more connected with you if you stare down the barrel of your lens as opposed to looking at them. Because you have to remember, you're if you're trained in stage, you know, right, make eye contact with these people here and there and there, but you can't do that now. And I think it carries over onto Zoom that you think you can, but you can't, and you have to stare down the lens. So the first show I did, it went really well, like reaction-wise, but just the feeling I got from it was like, oh, this isn't really my thing because it's, it's like, this is just a cool guy that knows some tricks. So maybe try to avoid that and take your time. Don't go trick, 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 trick. Try and patter some stuff in and learn from that mistake. Now the shows since then have been much better and much tighter. And um, I've been enjoying them a lot and it's fun coming up with stuff. And you'll find one or two things that just suit you completely that you know you can do. So I recommend just jumping on to WhatsApp, calling your best friends and and trying these things out before you jump onto an actual Zoom show because you don't want something to go wrong because then you're left on the cold dead of night in front of all these people going, well, he's fucked that one up, so <laughs> on to the next one. And you also can't be pocket writing things because otherwise it looks like you're like an internet wanker. But that's all my tips so far uh, and advice so far for, for Zoom stuff. And if you decide to do a Zoom show, really best of luck. If there's anything that you're working on that maybe you can benefit from my five or six show Zoom experience, please just reach out to me on Instagram, Rua underscore magician. I'll be more than happy to help you out or go through with it or maybe help you find a better way to do things or vice versa. Maybe I'll learn something from what you're trying to do as well. So yeah, we're all in this together. And especially now it's a time that we have to stick together and we can all learn valuable information from each other in this kind of changing time. So yeah, don't be afraid to reach out and if I can help, I will. So now into the philosophical realm, because an amazing thing that's happened, an amazing thing that we've also lost through this process of quarantine 
is most likely our egos. And now we are just, if you're anything like me, you've just become kind of a student again because all we have is time now to rehearse and tighten up our acts and, and just get better because we're not we're not out there performing. So, you know, I always, I can't remember who quoted it. I first saw Joshua Jay mention this during a lecture that like magic only happens with the other person when they're present. Like there's no point if we just do a an ambitious card. I always come back to the L ambitious card. I, I give it a bad rap, but you know what I mean? I'm just using it as an example. But if we're doing, if we're doing it for ourselves, it's not that impressive. It's only impressive, it's only good, and it's only fulfilling if there's someone else there to witness it. So we don't have that. So right now, all we have is the opportunity to get better. So my question to you as a listener is, what are you working on? What will you be 10 times better at when we come out of the quarantine and come out of restrictions? What are you gonna be better at? For me personally, I've always been awful at coin magic, right? I can do the palm, I can do one or two I can do the basics, but I see people online on Instagram doing things with coins that I'm like, this is unbelievable. So that's my goal is to try and get a bit better at that every day. And uh, I'm working on some sleight of hand stuff as well. But we are in this position now that we must all become our own teachers, tutors and, and our own critics as well. Then again, I do this weird thing where if I'm looking at myself in the mirror doing like a move that's not meant to be seen, I kind of like flutter my eyes as I do the move to try and cheat, <laughs> to try and cheat the mirror. If that makes any sense, if you've ever done that, I try and give, cut myself some slack. You know, we're going through some hard times, but um, it's important right now because there is so much information. There's so many lectures. There's so much magic to consume. You probably have books and tricks in your drawer that you haven't even touched and there's gems in there. So it's a really opportune time for us to just be a sponge and absorb everything. And it should help us stay motivated to kind of improve our our understanding of certain tricks and methods, maybe even different styles of magic. Maybe you've never done mentalism before. Now's a great time to try and learn the perfect center tear that, that might work for you. P.S. T-Rex by Ram Pink is a fucking awesome t- center tear that, that anyone can do. So if you're looking for a good one, have a little look at that. But it's time for us to be eternal students. And, you know, Epictetus always says it is, it is impossible to learn that which one thinks it already knows. So I've been really enjoying the process of just writing down what areas of, of performing and magic I'm weakest at and just figuring out that I have this time now to just try and focus on getting better at those. In one of the first episodes, I just talked about the idea of just getting 1% better. If we can just get 1% better at our weakest points over the weeks that we're stuck in these these, these weird times, we're going to emerge a million times, a million percent better. So now is not the time to, to lose faith and to, to go, well, I'm not going to gig till August, so I don't have to touch a deck of cards. On the contrary, now is the time to sharpen your weapons and get so, so good and get so creative. And like, if I were you, if you're using Instagram or whatever, set yourself a challenge. Just go, right, I'm going to do a video for Instagram once a week. If it's just going to do something once a week. And it may be the, the, the most overused thing. It may be the crappest trick ever, but, or it may be incredible. Don't get me wrong. It could be anything, but just challenge yourself to keep that creativity. I've seen Dynamo has done this. Um, 
I only saw it this morning. It's called the Card Throw Challenge. And if you haven't seen it, it's brilliant. He basically throws a card at the camera lens. And then people are submitting their version of what happens when the card comes into their world. So, like, it's knocking people over. The card's getting stuck in Tom Elderfield's neck. Then he throws it back. So this card is getting thrown around and it just, it sparked my mind with like mad creative ideas. Maybe I could do that. Maybe I could come up with what would I do in the card throw challenge? Stuff like that, even though it seems very Instagram-y and we're doing this for likes and shares and all that cool stuff, it's also just a really good way to oil our creative senses and, and get us thinking outside the box again. At the start of all this, I certainly found myself in a rut of productivity where I was just thinking, what's the point? If I'm not going to be gigging soon, I can just take this day off with this day off. But now I've found a spark again since the last three weeks and I've just been working really, really hard. And if you're looking for something to help you kind of gain that momentum back and get that productivity back, there's a really good book written called The War of Art. And in that book, you will find enough inspiration to last you for the rest of the year, let alone through quarantine. So if you're stuck, I highly recommend that. Another really good book is The One Thing which will help you just focus on the one thing that you should be focusing on that you want to get better at. So, yeah, that's kind of... I hope that doesn't sound too motivationally or whatever. Um, and it segues, interestingly, into into a, like the, the story that I'm going to close on. I'm keeping this episode really short because you guys have been bombarded with magic. You know, Dave Loosely has a new podcast out now. I believe he's interviewed uh, Mark Spellman, who's fantastic. I bet that's great. I haven't listened to it yet. I know Mark Spellman and Peter Nardi are planning a podcast just for magicians as well. So there's so much stuff been thrown at you. I don't want to add too much bullshit on top of it, okay? But it reminds me of the very first stage show that I ever did for a paying client. Now I did a good few in college, but it's a different scenario there. So I was hired to do this event, right? I'll just never forget it. And it was just an example of me having a bit of an ego and thinking that I was the dog's bollocks, the cat's pajamas, the bee's knees, hired for an event called the National Sales Champion Awards in Dublin. It was on in the Aviva Stadium, which is a massive stadium here in Dublin where rugby games and football and football or soccer games, if you want to call them that, are played. So I was brought in and I was told, you're going to do a stage act and there's there's another act on and he's going on before you. And I was like, who dares go go on before the great me? And they said, oh, well, he's a motivational speaker. And I was like, oh, well, that'd be fun. That'd be nice and cheesy and cool. I'm sure he's going to do a 15-minute motivational talk about finding your inner warrior and all this bollocks. So I was thinking, I'm going to smash him because I do magic. And I even met the guy beforehand and he shook me. Oh, I believe you're going on after me. I said, yeah, I am. Yeah, I can't wait to see your talk. And in my head, I was like, (laughs) I'm going to blow this guy out of the water. Now, bear in mind, I was in my early 20s for this. So I didn't really know who I was and all these insecurities and all this stuff. So... He goes on before me, right? And this guy blows the thing out of the water. He comes on to Eye of the Fucking Tiger, right? Now, this is important because when I arrived, my plan was just get up on stage. I'm sure they'll play a bit of music or whatever. I'll get up on stage and I'll do my act, blow everyone away, and they'll carry me out on their shoulders. Very, very young at the time. I promise you I was very young. This didn't happen like last week. So I went... I arrived in, did a quick sound check, and the audio guy was like, um, 
now what's your what's your music Do you have, have you got your music with you or whatever and I was like no I don't have any music with me so I just thought I'm just going to jump up and do it and he goes <laughs> okay and he kind of it was like he knew something that I didn't know so that's sprung to mind when this motivational speaker gets up to eye of the tiger it's the eye of the tiger dun, dun, dun. people are standing up people are clapping and within a couple of seconds he has everyone on their uh, everyone there on their feet and he's got them doing like everyone's gonna do your power punch ha ha and he has a whole audience in the palm of his hands then he's doing something where he's getting them up on stage to break pieces of wood with their fists right like it was out of this world and he was like if you can break the piece of wood i'm gonna give you a hundred euro note right now he was giving out hundreds lads hundreds jesus christ so he storms it right and as he's just finishing the event organizer's like come on come on it's you're up next you have to get up before they all go for a drink you have to keep the audience i was thinking holy jesus Fuck me. He's giving out 100 euros. I'm going up in my River Island suit thinking I'm <laughs> thinking I was going to be great. So I went up and the show went well. In fairness, the show went okay. But it didn't go as well as his show. And I left thinking, shit. Like, I'm meant to be the miracle worker here. And this guy has just uplifted everyone. He's changed their, their mindset. He's changed the mood of the room in 15 minutes. So it made me go home and just really work my ass off on an act that wasn't just trick after trick after trick. That had things like opening music, that had so much involvement with the crowd. and Yeah, it, 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 it was a life-changing moment. And if you've ever found yourself in that moment, a really great book. This is to kind of the older magicians listening to this. And I know there's a few. This will seem like very, it's, it's child's play. But a really great book is Ken Weber's Maximum Entertainment. You will learn more from that book about putting on a fantastic show than any other book that I've ever read. And I can highly recommend it. So again, I like to share these stories. Uh, I like to highlight the lowlights about all these failures so that you can learn from them. And yeah, hopefully use, use my misery as motivation to work on your own acts during this time so that when we come out of this, you are locked and loaded you're like a horse on steroids ready to come out of the gate and absolutely smash your shows so that's all i've got for you this week like i said i'm going to keep it nice and short share a few stories and just share maybe some creative inspiration as well hopefully i've done that if i have let me know on instagram you can find the the instagram handle is watch underscore your underscore angles on uh, on instagram ben earl gave it a shout out because i was on ben earl's i was a I called in on Ben Earl's thing. So I've got a few new followers. If you've followed me from that, thank you so much. Uh, you can also find my personal account, which is Rua underscore Magician. And you can contact me there. So that's this week's episode. Next week, I've decided I'm going to tell quite a cool, interesting story about a little-known Irish psychic. And it's something I've been researching and studying for quite a while which sounds like bullshit but hopefully you'll see from the next episode that it's something I care a lot about and think a lot about and I'm going to share that really interesting story with you until then I hope you all stay safe and have a good one cheers